Good morning. Did you sleep well? Some of you look better than yesterday. <laughs> That's just for somebody. Anyway, <laughs> oh, the Lord is good. As Pastor Albert mentioned, we had uh, uh, workers meeting, workers gathering, leaders meeting. What'd you call it? Workers, workers assembly. Yeah, something. Yesterday, and uh, uh, this place was pretty well right full all day, and uh, <clears throat> it was wonderful. Just great fellowship and just just excellent excellent time yesterday. Um, if you missed it, uh, it's your loss. But anyway, that's the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's, it's good to be here, and uh, uh, Pastor Albert, Sister Barbara, and all of our staff. And You know, this morning, I uh, came down early, and there was a, a, a bunch of people in the lobby, all kind of enthusiastic. Some are going to Pasai, some are going to Sukkot, uh, lots of energy. They're just uh, ready to go. Uh, you know what? You give it time. You know, maybe... After a few years, there'll be one beginnings church in every city of Metro Manila. You never know. You never know. You know, you, you, never, you never see more than you're willing to believe for. And I believe in, in big vision uh, because it gives us something to aspire to. So Lord Jesus, what could you? But anyway, I could see, I can see that if I, I don't know how long that'll take. Um, you know, it just all, it really, the big issue is, you just need more leaders. You need more people, more leaders. If we had 20 strong leaders that could preach, we could open 20 churches probably. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. It, you just need people that can do it. But give it time. God is working. Amen? And uh, everybody looks good today. And this is Mission Sunday. And, uh, uh, oh, by the way, put this slide up I had. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anybody wants to, uh, uh, we, we uh, post some stuff, and uh, you can take a picture of that. Uh, the top one is YouTube, and then, of course, the next one is uh, Facebook. Uh, somebody told me nobody's looking at Facebook anymore. It's only for old people. And uh, so, um, <laughs> it's only for old people. So, if you're old, you can go to Facebook. And... Uh, um, and we're using some of the others. We do... Uh, we do a, a printed version uh, uh, every every uh, Monday, and uh, actually Sister Cosette, you know, she takes care of all of that. Um, uh, she's been doing that for so many years. I tell you, she's put in a million hours on this, posting every every week uh, by email. And we have I don't know how many's on the list now, but lots. And so anyway, you can uh, if you uh, if you have a question sometime. <coughs> <clears throat> Sometimes people send me questions and they end up becoming a breaking bread. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's good to answer questions people are asking. <laughs> you know what they say? Sometimes we're answering questions nobody's asking. All right. So that helps. So um, anyway, good to be here. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 19. <clears throat> and uh, I, I'm going to speak about lost and found. And I could call it the great lost and found. But I, I want to read uh, the first 10 verses of Luke chapter 19, and we'll put it up on the screen for you, or you can turn to it on your screen or in your Bible. 
Und Dini said, make sure I give you greetings. She said, hug everybody for me. And I haven't been able to do that yet. And Emma didn't tell me that. She just sent me her shopping list. So, uh, <laughs> and, so <laughs> and then I said, oh, wow. She says, well, only if you can. <laughs> anyway. Luke chapter 19 and verse 1. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, call him Zac for short. Who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was but could not because of the crowd for he was of short stature. He was a short man. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him and he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, that's the others, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. You know? Good people don't hang around with bad people. You know, that kind of thing. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, 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 I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will restore fourfold. Four times. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Now, have you ever been lost? Yeah. Put the picture up for me. Now, there's a picture of me. You know. Now, I, I apologize for the way I look today. That's rather cute. <laughs> it's somewhere between those two pictures that I was four years old when I was lost. My mother put me out the front door of the house and said, Just stand there. Dennis, stand there. And she turned to my sister to get her dress, to put coat on, to go outside. It was cold. Not more than a couple minutes later, she stepped out with my sister, but I was nowhere to be found. You see, I stepped down a couple of steps and walked another couple steps to the front sidewalk. And I looked down the street, and then a dog came running toward me, barking scared me. I mean, I was frightened. I started to run, and I ran, and I ran, and I ran, and I ran, and I ran. How far, I don't know. But I ended up running out of the edge of the city, and finally I sat down in the edge of a grain field and just cried. It was cold. I was cold, and I was lost. And the winter weather was chilling. My mother looked and looked and called and called, but I was gone. 
I was gone. She called the police who came immediately and began combing up and down the streets looking for a small boy. And eventually, they found him, a lost boy sitting on the edge of a field. And you know, I, I can still see the image of that police car pulling up beside me. And the officer got out of the car and he picked me up and took me home. I remember what he said. I sat on the knee of the policeman and he said, don't cry, everything will be all right, it will be all right. You know, had I stepped into that field out of sight, had I not been found, I likely would have died that night from the cold. But I was found. You know, Jesus said it, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. Now, he's not talking about a little boy sitting in a grain field. He's talking about lostness. And, and if you look at the way the Greek word apolemi is translated into English, you get some idea of the kind of lostness that Jesus was talking about. This one word is found 92 times in the New Testament and only translated as lost five times. But the other times we have these words that describe it. To perish, to be destroyed, to render useless, to lose, to kill. And metamor metamorphically it is defines being given over to the misery of hell. It's used to describe a thing that... That, that should be here in its proper place, but it's over here. And it gives such a picture of we who were made to have relationship with God, but we're over here. We're not here. We're lost. We're lost. And the very definitions listed here paint a serious picture of what the word lost actually means. Well... This verse is all wrapped up around the conversation of Zacchaeus and Jesus. You see, Jesus had come to Jericho, and Jericho was a wealthy and very important town in the times. It lay in the Jordan Valley at the crossroads that would take you toward Jordan or take you over toward Jerusalem. It was known as the city of palms, beautiful palm trees, world-famous balsam groves that perfumed the air for many kilometers around, and famous rose gardens. I mean, the Romans carried the dates and the balsam into worldwide trade, and all of this made Jericho a very rich city. And, of course, having one of the greatest taxation centers in the country. Where there's money, there's the tax department. Now, if you were a tax collector, you had reached the pinnacle of your tax business, your career. I mean, this was the place. I mean, where there's lots of taxes, and of course there's corruption. Uh, I don't think we have any corruption here. There's lots of corruption there. And the tax collectors of Jericho were very rich men. And Zacchaeus was a man who had reached the top of his profession and likely one of the most hated men in town. Okay. Zacchaeus was rich but lonely. 
celebrated yet outcast, successful but unhappy, had, hadn't had it all yet had nothing. And he heard of Jesus, and Jesus was passing by. And he was determined to see Jesus and would let nothing stop him, would let nothing stop him. So being short, there was no way to see over this crowd. Short people don't see over the heads. So he ran. He ran on ahead and climbed a fig mulberry tree. They were very much like a great English oak, one of these trees with thick branches that spread out, very easy to climb, very heavy branches. Well, it was easy to climb, short and there he climbed, and that day the great invitation came to him. Jesus passing by. I mean, it's unusual for him to see, oh, a man in a business suit up a tree. This is interesting. Jesus immediately understood a searching heart. And he said, come down, I'm going to your house. We used to... as a, when I was in children's church as a child, it was said like this. Jesus said, come down, I'm coming to your house for tea. <laughs> and we don't know of the conversation that must have taken place between Jesus and Zacchaeus in this process or in his, on his way to his house. But he, he was touched. Something moved over him. He was a lost man and something changed and and he offered to repay all that he'd ever ripped off. And that probably was a lot of people. And then he said, on top of that, I'll give a half of what I have to the poor. And he went on and on about what he would do. He, I mean, he was a changed man. And it wasn't a mere change of words that Jesus demands, but a change of life. And the story comes to a conclusion with these great words, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He came for people just like that. He came for hungry people and broken people and lost people. Let me tell you when you're lost. You're lost when you lose your way in life. You're lost when you're deceived by the devil. You are lost when you turn your back on God. You are lost when you have no fellowship with God. And you are lost when you've never heard the story of Jesus. Be clear, lost people are not under the protection of God. They don't live under God's blessing. Sometimes we forget what it's like to be lost, to be lost. You know, if you have family or friends that have turned away from God, they are lost. One mother recently said to me, she, her son had left the faith and he was living quite a life. And, and, but she said, you know, I know he's left the Lord, but he has a soft heart and I said, no, that's not true. The only way that you can lose your relationship with God is if you harden your heart toward God. You know, the Holy Spirit will pull at you and speak to you and try to influence you. And uh, 
He will do all within his power to influence you to come to Christ, to bring you back to him. You, you literally have to resist the love and the presence of a loving supernatural God to be lost. He loves people. Okay? God's attention is on the lost. Is on the lost. And you know, the parable that Jesus gave of the man who had 100 sheep is so exemplifies God's attitude. Like there was 99 there and one had wandered off. One was gone. And that one was, it just, he, he was obsessive about it, the shepherd. I've got one that's missing. I've got one that's lost. And I think, I think you know, we, I think there should be an obsession within the heart of a believer for lost people that this is a big deal. This is really a big deal. It may, it, and it's not just a few. There's so many that don't know Christ. And we have, we have what it takes to bring them to Christ. Well, you know there's no cure for lostness except... The person of Jesus Christ, that empty cross, the power of an empty tube, tomb, and the, the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. There is, there is no, no, no other way. There's no other way. You know, the question is, are all of those outside, are they lost? And, you know, the, the question is put to us, you mean that all people who are not Christians, all Muslims, Jews, Hindus are lost? And, But our tendency is to answer by saying, yes, only those through Christ. But you know, a better way to say this, yes, all Muslims, all Jews, all Hindus, and all Christians are lost. The good news is that any one of us, Muslim, Jew, Hindu, Christian, can be saved if we put our faith in Christ. There are people in church houses all over the world that are lost. There are members of churches who are lost. You know, I, I have several times over the years had someone in church. I remember right here some years back, lots of people in church. It wasn't this building, it was another and there was a man who left a little bit early, standing in the lobby. And one of the workers went to him, chat, chit-chat. Who are you? I'm the manager of such, such a bank. Straight up question. Have you ever received Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life? No. No. I don't know anything about that. He just sat through a church service. He was still lost. Right there. A good worker led that man to Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, the Bible tells us that we're all lost. Hey, after the first service, a man came to me. He said, it's only my second time here. But he said, you're right. He said, I was a Mormon. I was lost. He said, you're right. I'm not anymore. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Isaiah 53, 6 says, We all 
like sheep have gone astray. That's a humanness. That's a part. It's not a religious thing. It's a human thing. We go our own way. We're determined to go our own way. The Apostle Paul wrote about this in Romans chapter 3 when he said, There is none righteous, no, not one, absolutely no one, none who understands, none who seeks after God. That's not there. And he said, they've all turned aside. They've together become unprofitable. None who does good. And he summed it all up in verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned. No amount of human works can undo. No amount of human effort can undo the fact that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, there is no plan B for the lost. They must be saved by faith in Jesus Christ. So, what, what, shall, what shall we do? Let me give you a few points here. Number one, follow the example of Jesus. Jesus embraced and ministered to people known as sinners. I, I you know, uh, years ago started calling people pre-Christians, meaning I wanted to, my faith says, people want to come to Christ. People need Christ. Their hearts are open. But the Bible calls us away from Christ as sinners, but Jesus loved them. Number two, search for lost people. Look for them. You know, in my travels, sometimes you spend hours sitting in airports, and I look at faces. That's what I watch is faces. It moves me to pray. Faces, troubled people. Troubled people, so much troubled people. You see, you know, your face is like the window of your soul. You, it's hard to hide your heart. It shows up on your face. It's hard to, it's hard to, you can't put on a good face without a good heart. I mean, I can give you this, but it just, it doesn't hold up. After a while, it, it, it goes when it relaxes, it goes to the condition of my heart. It goes from this to, you know, you know. So I watch faces, and I pray. Search for people. Bring them. Bring them to Jesus. Bring them back to Jesus. I remember uh, several years ago reading of a businessman who had left his office, and he had a ways to walk to his car and, uh, and he, he was walking down the sidewalk. It was already getting a little bit dark. And he, he, he heard a little sound kind of between the building. It sounded like a voice. And he went over there and looked. And there was a young boy sitting there. And he needed money. He needed something. He had no food. He was hungry. And, he, and, and so the man took a little money out of his pocket. And he gave it to the boy, and he said his face lit up, and he just got, he, 
He was so grateful and so thankful. And you know, the, the businessman was so touched that he spent, he didn't go to his car, he spent the next hour walking the streets looking for another <laughs> little boy, looking for another one. You know that the happiest people in any church are always the soul winners. You can pick them out. There's a joy that accompanies a life that witnesses for Christ. You know, most of us hide in the church. Nobody really knows that we're a believer. Nobody in our workplace knows that we live for Jesus. Nobody in our school really knows. And you know, that tendency is quite human for us to just be content with what we have and to live in a sense of self-preservation. And I think part of it is that we don't want to say too much because we don't want to be rejected. But you know, many rejected Jesus, but he, he understood, I have come to seek and to save that who are lost. Lost. Lost peoples is the mission of the church. The number one task of the church really is the evangelization of the world. That's what it's all about. That's what the missions is about. That's what outreach is about. That's what touching people is about. That is, that is the mission of Christ, that we are here to bring people to Jesus. When I... Um, how I got into this role in life, it was all about winning people to Christ. I never had any ambition to be a preacher. I had no ambition to be a pastor. I had no intention of leading any people. I had no desire to do that. I had no, I didn't, listen, I, I'm very shy. You're laughing, you don't believe me? So I wanted to bring people to Christ. I didn't want to stand in front of people. I just, and I did. I did. I did when I was young. That's all I wanted to do. And it got to the point where in the church we were in, people wanted to go out and hold some meetings, and somehow I ended up being the speaker. And so then I just shared and we led people to Jesus, and, <laughs> and we prayed for people, and they would get healed. Yeah, and I, I started to like this. <laughs> this is good. We're doing something for God, you know, you know, you know. Search for lost people, for lost people. Well, don't give up on people is my third point. Never stop praying for someone Never stop talking to someone. Never stop living this life. Do not give up on people. Don't ever, from someone, if you want to share your personal faith with someone and they seem to be uninterested, don't be easily distracted. There is a soul at stake and your feelings don't matter. Do you understand me? And someone turns away and says, I'm not interested. No, I, I have my own faith. Okay, well, I guess I will never say anything again. No, no. You will say, Lord, give me another opportunity and 
give me something else to say. I care about this person. You understand me? Don't give up. Don't give up. Number four, expect people to be found or saved. Expect it to happen. There is no purpose to talk of Christ if we don't believe in the power of his name. There is no purpose to share your faith if you don't believe that God can save people. Expect something. We don't speak I think sometimes we don't speak much because we don't believe in the power of our words or we don't offer to pray because we really don't expect miracles. Maybe we've forgotten that God answers prayer, you know. God answers prayer. We hold the greatest power in the world. It's called the gospel. It's called the gospel. D.L. Moody was a very famous evangelist. And, uh, you know, he was a shoe salesman. It's interesting. I think Billy Graham was a shoe salesman, too. No, he was a fuller brush salesman or something. Anyway, <laughs> something like that. If you're in sales, maybe you have a future in ministry coming. Hallelujah. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. D.L. Moody told the story of his conversion. He said, when I was in Boston, I used to attend a church. And they had a, a class after church for different people. They called it Sunday school. And he was an adult. He had a job working in the shoe store. And he said, I had a teacher who taught. But the teacher visited his students. So he said, I'm at work one day. And my teacher from this Sunday class came to the shop where I was. And he came over behind the counter and put his hand on my shoulder and he talked to me about Christ, talked to me about Jesus. And, and he said, uh, he, he talked to me about my soul. And he said, I didn't even know I had a soul at that point. He said, I didn't know anything. And he said, I, I said, I didn't feel I had a soul. So I said to myself, it's a very strange thing. Here's a man that I hardly know till lately. He's standing here shedding tears over my sins. And yet, I have never shed a tear. Have you ever cried for someone else? I mean, for most of us, we cry only for ourselves. Have you ever got beyond yourself where? A lost person is more important than you are. So he said it was just an unnerving experience. He said, I, I, he said, I understand now and know what it is to have passion for the souls of men and to weep for another's sins. And he said this. I, have, I said, I really don't remember what he said, but I got saved. <laughs> he forgot the preacher, but he got saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That was a good evangelist. Okay. If you don't, 
You know, if I share Jesus with you and you don't remember me, but you remember Jesus, that's a win. <laughs> that's a win. Amen. 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 The Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. And the lost can be found. Let's pray. Father, there's nothing more important than the gospel. For Lord, the gospel is, it is the power of God to salvation. Lord, I, I pray this morning that you would stir, Lord, stir our hearts or give us courage to stir ourself. Lord, this day send someone across my path to share Jesus with. Lord, may that prayer come a hold of us. We'd get up in the morning and say, Lord, send someone across my way today that I can share Jesus with. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, let your compassion become the motivating factor of our life. Jesus. Would you just bow your head for a moment? I want to ask you a question. I just do that not because I don't want you to look but respect to others if there's how many are here this morning and you've never really invited Jesus to be the Lord of your life you've never really known what it means to have Christ in your life and you'd like to do that today would you like to invite Jesus into your life if that's you would you just lift your hand I want to pray for you wherever you are. How many would lift your hand and say, I, I would like Jesus to come into my life. Would you lift your hand wherever you are? Just lift it up and put it down. I want to pray with you. How many would lift your hand and say, I, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. No one has lifted her hand it's a very sad day for us. There are no pre-Christians in the house. Would you stand with me? Thank you, Lord. Lord, touch our lives today. And may the Holy Spirit empower us to be seekers and to find those who are lost in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and worship the Lord with a song and then we will close. Praise God.
You know, all of us that are here today are a product of two things. Spiritually. One is because someone shared the gospel to us, cared enough to share the gospel to us. The other is that someone cared enough to pray for us. Sometimes it's the same person who prayed you into the kingdom and shared the gospel to you. Sometimes those can be two different people. That you were praying for someone and someone else shared the gospel to them. That's also very possible. So I want us to spend a few moments right now in prayer. The sharing the gospel will happen outside. <laughs> After the service, when we go and uh, interact with people who are lost. But right now, what we can do is pray. Amen. So can you just find a prayer partner, just one-on-one? One-on-one. -on -one. Could be your own family member if you're with each other. But, or, or look for someone else. And just pray for people in the other person's life. And just ask them, who would you like to pray for? Who in your family? Who in your friendship circle? Who in your workplace? Who in your neighborhood? Can we lift up to the Lord right now that they will have the opportunity to encounter Jesus that someone, maybe you, but maybe someone else, will share the gospel to them. And they will be saved. Let's pray for the salvation of lost souls right now. Those online, you can do this as well, wherever you are. You can right now pray for people in your life that need Jesus. Jesus said, He came to seek and save the lost. Right now, we will pray for the lost to find Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
Thank you, Lord. Can you just lift up your hands to God right now? Lord, in these hands, we carry in a spiritual way the souls of lost people that we know in our own lives, our own family members, our own relatives, neighbors, classmates, office mates, people we know. Some of them very successful in life. And so they think they don't need God. Or maybe they can just pay God a certain, you know, amount of time every week. And that's, and that's enough. I, I go to church. That's enough. Or, or I pray. That's enough. But Lord, they've never really yet personally surrendered their life to Christ. So God, in these hands, we hold in a spiritual manner the souls of lost people. And we uttered their names to heaven today. As we prayed together, we uttered some names to you, Lord God. Lord, no prayer is ever wasted. Heaven hears the cries of our hearts. Jesus records every single prayer and utterance. The Holy Spirit, in fact, even the, the, the prayers we cannot utter properly. And because it's, it's too heavy in our hearts, and so we mutter just moans and groans, and we don't know how to articulate it. But heaven knows. Heaven records it. God in heaven, you see what occupies our hearts and minds. To the parents that are here, no one else occupies your hearts and your minds more than your own children. To the lolos and lolas that are here, no one occupies your hearts and minds more than your own apos. To the young people, singles that are here, I'm sure no one occupies your heart and mind more than your own parents, siblings, your own family. In the name of Jesus, God, we pray. We claim those words that the Apostle Paul spoke to the jailer in the book of Acts. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You and your household will be saved. And so as P.D. said today, we, we pray with expectation today. We pray with expectation. We have shared the gospel to these people. We have prayed for them. And some of them have outwardly rejected. Some of them have said no. Some of them have said I'm not ready. So maybe in the future I will. Whatever the reasons are given, Lord, by faith today we lift up their names again to heaven. Doesn't matter how long it takes. And it also does not matter who eventually leads them to Jesus. They may not even remember that we prayed for them. It doesn't matter. But Lord, we just pray for the salvation of lost people in our own lives, our own children, grandchildren, relatives, parents, lolos and lolas, titos and titas, cousins, neighbors, classmates, office mates. And even in our own church circles, Lord God, if there is even one who is just hovering around the body of Christ but have not yet truly surrender their life to Christ. God Almighty, we pray that even here in Beginnings Church, in Makati, in Pasay, in Paranaque, and elsewhere, let there be a revival of evangelism, a revival of outreach, a revival of mission, that God, we will not, we will not lay content until every soul has heard the gospel of Jesus Christ until every lost person had the opportunity to hear, to understand, and to be challenged to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is our prayer, Lord God. 
And God of heaven, we know you hear that kind of prayer. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the service today. Thank you for Pastor Dennis for his visit. What a blessing. Lord, be with him as he goes back to Canada this week, Lord God. Please keep him safe. Sister Dini, Emma, their daughter, Lord God. Lord, just, just bless every member of the Hepner uh, family. In Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. Hallelujah. What a fantastic day today. God bless us all. We'll see you next week. Youth Sunday. Next Sunday.